0: Welcome to Marketproof Marketing, the podcast from the marketing minds at DoYouConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor Andrew Peak.
1: As always, and this is episode 187 with Jen Barkin.
2: Woohoo! Good mm-hmm. to be here, guys. We're here, Happy new, new, new year. year.
1: New year, new podcast.
2: Is this the first podcast? This is the first podcast being
0: recorded in the new year. It is. And I have to confess right off the bat that the whole phrase, happy new year freaks me the beep out. I just can't, I can't take it because it just means it means everything else doesn't count. Right. I need to make 15 new blog posts or I've let down the entire industry. (laughs) I have to solve everyone's problems. Like... I just feel unproductive and when I don't feel productive because I don't have I don't know, there's just this mental block in my head of whatever I did last year it's it's this imaginary lie I tell myself that none of it has any momentum into the new year like you're starting from so, zero so like like a salesperson
2: you, so would, like January 6th which is today you should have everything already already fi- you should have everything figured out already
0: Well yeah, I mean we're <laughs> The new year is off and it started and we're here. Yeah. maybe hmm. you have 12 months ahead of you. Maybe that's it. I would say it's a problem, but I also think, I think I've talked about this before. I use fear as a internal motivator and I'm, after you reach a certain point of success, there's nothing to fear really. So I, I manuf- i have manufactured fear in myself since I was, I don't know, 20. And my, my daughter has it, apparently it's a, it's a genetic thing because she, you know, is in tears because she might get a B on a midterm and not have straight A's as a freshman in high school. And I'm like, honey, it doesn't matter. And she's like, it matters. I go to who? It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to m- your mom. You know, who's it matter to the school? No, I don't. It's just me. I got to have A's. So I think it's just internal fear. I have, as one, a of those. Motivator. I have one of those kids
2: too. Okay. I got one
0: yeah. too. So yeah, if you could want... all just stop wishing me Happy New Year, that'd be great. i <laughs> <Jeez>. am <laughs> sad here or something. <laughs> all right, let's, let's hop into story time. And Jen, we will let you... First of all, I am glad, though, to have you on the first <laughs> podcast of the new year. You're a fan favorite.
2: Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited to share my story time today, which is something really fun. I don't know if you guys remember... I know you guys remember, but I anybody remember. listening remember when I first talked about my husband joining a motorcycle club. That is correct. He, he was a <laughs> prospect okay. for six months. It's a long time. Uh, they, listen, they made him do all sorts of things. It was like, you know, fraternity uh, rush or whatever, hazing kind of uh, situation. And over the the holiday break, he and my dad, who was 75 years old, were patched in officially to this motorcycle club. They got their road names. Nice. Does anybody want to know what their road names oh, are? of course. I mean, come on.
1: I need to Google some road names. I have a good <laughs> guess.
2: Here. Yes. So his road name is Hightop. Okay,
1: because his shoes, My guess. Yes,
2: he's a sneakerhead. Okay. He, yes. he is.
1: You can like, buy another house like, with the, how much shoes he has, like, right?
2: Yeah, like a legit sneakerhead. And my dad is true grit. Oh. So see. high like top, top and a good true life. grit. Yes. So, you know, it was really cool because, you know, I'm thinking about like how hard that they worked at this and that. You know they how much they appreciate it because of the hard work that they they put into this. I mean, seriously, six months of being the yeah. Low they man. had to
0: rob a liquor store, um, participate in a shooting, or or you're basically, it's right. I mean, a motorcycle gang
1: we're talking they're about. They're on FBI's most wanted list. Now. Yes, so yes, it's a club. And actually, sorry, it's a it's club. It's a club. Right? It's a club. Gang. Yes, you're and clubs,
2: to to you know add insult to injury. You guys maybe don't even know this, but back oh, no. in October, I was actually patched into the women's club as before an officer.
0: Before him, before That's him, before oh, man.
2: So I'm actually man. the vice president
0: of the shoot
2: of the Guardian Bells virginia vixens wow and Maybe. so i have been you should organize him-
0: the whole crew to roll up to every open house in your general area <laughs> for every builder you can be like do you want do you want the bells to show up to uh, your grand opening we'll exactly come. It's yes pants. Or we- they, can pay, they can pay you protection money to not come
2: yes Vegas. i i have an official cut <laughs> you know that's that's what the vest is called and you guys want to know what my road name is
0: hold on wait i, I do but is that where the phrase "I like your cut, G" comes from? Have you guys heard this term before? I, think I haven't heard. Yeah, well, hair. the kids say the kids these days call. Cool. No. Do they? They say "I like your cut, G," and then they slam you on the back of the neck. But uh, uh, maybe that no, originated no from motorcycle clubs. Who knows?
2: Yeah. I don't know. But okay, so my your, your road, road, name my is, road name is. My road name is. Don't say it. Don't, hold on.
0: Hold on. We need it. We need a drum roll.
2: So appropriate. Buzzkill. Let's kill. <laughs> oh there no! Go. Ah. What? And that's why
1: you're in charge of things because exactly. Like you, well, listen, you keep them in line. My
2: my nickname is is Buzzy. Okay, right. so it 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 came from that. But and one that comes day, from too
0: much coffee, or where's that? Where's that come from? No,
2: I, you know I don't even know what that comes from. But that's what we call each other. That's kind of like our our honey or our babe. Oh, okay. or, you know that we call each other. Yeah. And gotcha. so one day I was I was you know getting on his case about <clears throat> something, and he said. You're more like a buzzkill today than you are a buzzy, and so now Man, my road yeah. name is buzzkill. He so slept on the
1: couch that time.
2: Yeah. Online salespeople, listen. You know, buzzkill might come out sometimes. Be ready.
0: Ooh, uh, buzzkill. Or you're you're gonna have to work, work on you the. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to oh, amp Lord. up the origin story there, Jen, and say that you were called buzzkill because you frequently kill people while on the road, buzzing by. Right. So. That's you yes, better shape up, online salespeople, good. or she's buzzkill oh, coming man. for you, right? You can't just Buzz be kill, like.
2: That's what I'm saying. Buzzkill is. That's right. Buzzkill is coming after you, man. Just, just be ready. So, yeah, that's that's my exciting story time today. Lots of fun stuff happening over here in Motorcycle Land.
1: I love it. I love Motorcycle it. Land. Yeah, you know, I used to ride motorcycles back in
2: college. I know. I, I and then learned I moved right out here about you.
1: and seen that so our area is very dense not the safest place to ride i won't go into the details you already know things like this yeah but like down here not a good idea like not not fun and we're, we're so it's like stop by stop by stop like it's not fun but college was great it was like four years yeah what kind of bike did you ride um so i started we're getting into motorcycle land started on a ninja 250 <laughs> which is a little tiny bike that was a fun bike because i was around campus and you could just like get on it yeah. and you're not going 60 70 80 on accident then the next bike was a big bike with with 600 a minute and that was trouble i never I, i'm just doodling thing, to
0: confirm but... the type of bike i've never ridden a motorcycle go, vespa. i never but i i think i would get a vespa <laughs> i'm i'm watching the single life 90 day fiance single life continuation with melanie and oh, there's a guy there <laughs> named big ed who
2: oh big uh, ed there's uh, lots he's of he's got this little him.
0: dog that he puts in a backpack and then drives around on a vespa <laughs>
2: Oh, I could get on board with that.
0: Right? Yeah, why not?
2: In fact, I was thinking about a sidecar oh, and put man. my dog, one of my dogs in the sidecar. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that would be awesome to roll up to like testing Homes, that. which is in our market. Oh, gosh. So, Carrie, if you're listening, I will come to your op- next open house on my motorcycle.
1: With the sidecar. <laughs> with the sidecar. <laughs>
0: I love it. All right, Andrew, what do you got for us?
1: I have have a quick one. So it's sort of about Lindsay, my wife, but not really. It's just, I'm realizing more and more who you surround yourself with. And this is so cliche. It's like some stupid meme on Instagram that you're like, that I would roll my eyes at and be like, get this out of here. But like who you're around and who you take influence from, whether you intentionally do it or not, like I've never realized except when Lindsay started. So she started training, working out and all that sort of thing. If you get started with that in the wrong group, like, success or failure, like, very quickly can come either direction. So, fortunately, she's with the right group of people. It's all positive, all these sorts of things. Tying that to, like, what we do professionally, it's the same type of thing I'm seeing more and more. It's just, I saw it years ago, but it's just more apparent now that I'm older and wiser, or I think I am. I'm probably not. That I'm like, oh, if you're with the wrong crowd or getting the wrong advice or you believe this, and so you surround yourself with people that believe that you're not challenging each other's thoughts and ideas. Yeah. That could be, you could be like stuck in a career rut or education rut experience rut and not even know it. And then 43 years later, five years later, whatever years later, two months later, I don't know. You're like, Oh, I haven't learned anything. Right. I'm not better. I, oh, like,
2: Andrew, this is whatever
1: so it maybe it's just like, I'm so like, oh, true. I'm an adult now. I finally get it. I could pass this on to my kids and see like, oh, you're you not to be friends with that person.
0: I no, guess that's so a part of the, the explanation. Circle. One of my favorite things is when, someone will be on a call or maybe even doing a presentation somewhere and they will state something as what they feel like is clearly objective fact that everyone must know and believe. And I'm like, like a dog confused turning his head. I'm like, that's actually not at all what we see on a daily basis as being yes. true or correct. But they, they've only been in that, that other world with that other group of people where they all repeat the same Mm-hmm. misconception over and over again where they're just like, of course you all think billboards are the best idea ever, right?
1: Yeah, or like mm-hmm. Facebook right. ads. Like, hey, we don't like Facebook ads. And then you talk to like two, three, four other people that don't like Facebook ads or they had a negative experience with it, even though maybe they didn't do it correctly or they had a very little budget, whatever it may be. And all of a sudden they're like, well, my my thoughts are correct because I talked to five people and they had the same experience. It's like, well, are are those people just and their opinion with it being working or not working. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's just got to go deeper.
0: My story time is about shaming bad marketing. And I love sometimes it. I, people, people get annoyed that I call people out, but sorry, these are, I'm, I'm following Ivy Zelman's advice. If they're public companies, I can shame them. So there you go. uh, we're going to start with Sony
1: and you love Sony camera. I, so love, like, I love Sony. All. So,
0: so we had we a new house. I buy a new TV for the basement. It's a, it's a large, Expensive television. Uh, I I didn't want to be responsible for it, so I paid the absorbent charge to have them deliver and hang it on the wall. I mean, I can hang it. I may not be buzzkill worthy or you know (laughs) MC worthy, but I I can hang a TV. I've done it many times. I just didn't the price of it. I was like, I don't want anything to do with this. They install it, seems fine. Two days later, and it's the only functional TV in the house that we moved into, of course. Uh, big lines start going across the screen. Sound is intermittently cutting in and out. So I'm like, oh, it's Sony. They'll provide good support. But it is around the holidays. So I have to take pictures of it. I sit on chat with some guy named Brett for three hours because he has to keep asking me to confirm stupid stuff. But he makes the case number for me. I take pictures and it says, congratulations. You know, we'll be in touch soon. But they also say we're going to be off during the holidays. So again, I'm not trying not to be unreasonable, right? So now it's, it's January 4th and I still haven't heard a next step other than saying they've, they've received all my information and someone will be contacting me shortly about replacing mm. the television. Then the next day I get an email. So now this is January 4th. Um, I get an email saying from Sony electronics, it says checking in on your recent purchase. Hi, Kevin. It's the customer care team here at Sony. We wanted to reach out to see how your order went. Did the items arrive okay? Are you happy with everything? We hope it was a great experience. Goes on and on and on. Okay. Now, I'm like, that's kind of cool. Someone else is checking in and I'm not worried. I I know they'll take care of me eventually, but I'll just reply to this email and say, thanks so much. The TV did arrive. Unfortunately, it's broken, but your team's working on it. And it's been a while. If you want to check on it for me, that'd be great. Guess what comes back? Yes, I'm an making automated, you post-
2: an like, automated auto response or something. an auto
0: response that says, "No one checks this email, so oh whatever you just sent, don't bother." Right?
1: <laughs> like what? Like why are they sent it?
0: Why are we doing this? This is disaster. And then the other company I want to shame. So that's just bad marketing. Right? And and yeah. we were on a call with someone the other day who was talking about the importance of drip marketing, which again, um, water torture is when you drip something on someone until they capitulate and tell you what they want to know. We should not be using the term drip ever uh, in Too relationship to communication. It's, it's a nothing, slang term. Well, nothing, cool. nothing should drip in life. Right. Can we agree with us? No. Yes. Right. There's, yes. Well, you know just I, a, no, I agree with you. It's like the word moist. It shouldn't be used. Okay. So <laughs> let's uh, go through all the words that people hate, then um, I get another email moist. from Verizon and it says, Ooh, that's Kevin, a company. welcome to the Verizon custom experience.
1: Oh, wow. that's exclusive. Uh, it's your
0: experience tailored to your interest. And then it goes on to say, which no one, most people never read, that this is essentially a privacy policy that we are going to start tracking everything you do on your <laughs> Verizon phone, unless you click at a little small link at the very bottom of this two page email that takes you to your preferences to opt out of being tracked forever on your phone. Mm.
2: Oh my goodness.
0: The Verizon custom experience. So kudos for them of, I mean, the marketing team was tasked with make sure no one opts out of this, uh, tracking opportunity. So packaging matters, words matter, but also don't be evil. Don't be, I mean, yeah, that's evil. We joke all the time about marketing marketers being liars and and bending the truth and living in in a world of gray.
1: That's pretty clearly evil in my brain.
0: Yep. So Verizon. application here, Verizon? please don't include an automated email saying just checking in, to see how things are going uh, after your appointment or after your purchase or after your closing and then have it be go to an unmonitored email address if you're a builder. And that is that is tip number one. I know I promised that I'd give this, but the number one thing that I think builders could do to improve customer experience is simply calling the next day or within the next two days. And yes, mm-hmm. you might get a list, but I, I can't tell you, I mean, we've built three homes. You'll get the
1: list anyways. Right. So I'm always like that weird, like you're going to get it anyways. I think I say that often. It's going to happen anyways. Like you'll get the list anyways. Just right. if you ask for it, it it's kind so of, more, it's So this particular
0: builder, again, I'm, I'm working with them. Uh, Do you convert is working with them. I've known them for many years. They're a high high-end builder they don't do a, a a ton of homes a year. And so and and the, uh, again I'm very thankful they let us get in so we wouldn't be homeless. But third time through, you think my wife and I would get this. You still inherently and her more than I get that feeling the moment you move in and you start finding things that are wrong. This completely irrational feeling of oh crap they're not going to want to deal with that or that's not going to get covered. And how easy would it be for someone just to call the next day when you've only found the first five things that you're concerned is incorrect or wrong or needs to be addressed. If someone just called to say, Hey, I was just calling to make sure you got moved in. Okay. There's no major issues with, with water leaks or, or anything that's happened. Then I would tell you the five things that I found so far. And you would be able to reassure me and say, absolutely. Don't, don't stress about that stuff. It's, it's all going to be taken care of. Really just focus on getting your family unpacked, getting settled. And we've got you know plenty of time and, and kind of reiterate the process again and just reassure them that you don't have to have any of that heightened stress or anxiety around it. So get rid of the automation, make one extra phone call and improve your customer experience. Well, I just
2: want to say that anytime we do something like that, that is relatively pretty easy for builders to do and, and, you know, even just following up from salespeople on different things like that, it makes a huge impact Mm -hmm. really easy, makes a huge impact. And I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff that takes it, that takes it to an exceptional type of experience versus just, okay.
0: Right. Versus, and again, I I I know way more of this backstory and I'm not going to go through it all in the show versus not hearing anything from anyone for a week and a right. half. And exactly. then my wife in particular being like, did they forget about us? Do we have to complain right. to somebody or is this, and I'm like, right. Oh, it's the holidays. Just relax. My it's wife will be good. the same yeah. way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was the same way when we moved in.
0: Yeah. Yep. Understandable. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the news. And out of order because we got to make sure we talk about it because it's going relatively quickly. We just released tickets yesterday uh, for the yes. online sales academy. We have four tickets nice. sold already, and I th- yes, so in person. It, it is in person, which means again, yes. people like to talk about limited quantities of virtual events, which is true. I mean, we 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 have limits on virtual to keep things small, but in person you can't squeeze in that extra like body. Like there is a physical limit to the type of space that that we've reserved yes. for these things. And so once it's gone, it's, it's gone.
2: And we're, we're going a little bit like out of the box on this one too. Um, so nice. grab your urban cowboy vibes because it's going to be hosted at Gillies,
1: which looks like a super cool venue. Dallas, I Texas. Yeah.
2: Super fun venue in Dallas, Texas. So we're, we're not going to be in the traditional you know hotel meeting room. This is going to be something a little more fun.
0: Yeah, think, um, think of a, tech, te, te, a TED Talk stage that's hip.
2: Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you know, listen, this this group is so special because these are these are peers that you're going to have for the rest of your time in the new home industry and beyond. Um, like Kevin said, we keep it super small. This is for online sales specialists that are new to the role, or maybe this is a new program for your builder. Um, those are going to be benefit from this academy the most. So,
0: my favorite thing on this page—it hits me every time I see it—is collectively between Mike and Jen and Jesse, over 700 online sales specialists have been trained by Do You Convert, yes. including over 20 award-winning uh folks from NHB and the nationals, but over seven hundred. That is a (laughs) yeah.
1: You've seen it all.
2: Like there's nothing new at this point.
0: Yeah. 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 They will they will they will help guide you for sure. Yes. So make sure you check that out. Links in the show notes. Um now back to typical order here that we put in our show notes. My last article for Professional Builder Magazine was published on December 14th called The Benefit of Clear Goals for the New Year. Never fear, I will continue writing um just be pivoting over to Builder Magazine. I believe the first article comes out in the print edition. That'll be accompanying um, International Builder Show or around the same same time frame. But nice. the benefit of clear goals for the new year is really my um, swan song article, but but also just a, a plea for leadership to have clear goals in terms of sales appointments closings for marketing, because it's going to continue to be. Um, and a sharp up and a sharp down. There's just a choppy environment, I think in 2022 and it caught us off guard, certainly when the pandemic first hit and then the surge at the beginning of January and 2021 caught us off guard. And so it was reasonable to not have plans in place, but going into year three now, we shouldn't expect that, that not just marketing teams, all the teams of our company have to constantly shift and adjust in the same way. We should be able to say, if this happens, this is what our plan is in advance before it occurs. And um, so I I just think it's really important to be extremely clear on what the goals are so we can reverse engineer what we need to do to get to success. And then in particular, there's extra pressure, I think, in 2022 on marketers because... Um, If you need leads, when you need leads, they're going to be more expensive and harder to come by. They're going to be extremely impatient and focused primarily on things that they can move forward and take a next step. And that's not something a marketer can always control. So even when you get the leads, you worry about them going stale quickly if if you're not able to to move them forward. And, And those two things together are going to make it really tough. And then kind of the last thing I'll let you guys make any comments you have is, I try to use the analogy of surfing and and the wave. You know, I've, I talked about the path of 2020 and 2021 being what I call the ride, like a roller coaster ride. But another analogy that that Andrew and I use all the time is surfing. When the market's strong, you catch the wave and you ride the momentum. Um, but if you've ever tried to surf uh, or body surf, you know that sometimes you can catch a wave that's so strong and so powerful that if you just hang on and don't hurt yourself. <laughs> Or those around you, you're just like, yes, I made it. And And you're not even able to because you're just trying to struggle and hold on. You're not worried about what directional way you're heading towards. And so what's really happened is that builders who rode that wave and leaders who just said, take what the market's giving us, sell all we can, biggest backlog possible. We'll just keep making calls and saying, sorry, your home is delayed again and again and again. Well, now you're waking up in 2022 or the end of 2021 and saying, dang, our, our company culture has taken a big hit. Our customer satisfaction is taken a big hit. Our brand and reputation has taken a big hit. And so what do you really want? And anytime you're in a good market condition, you have to be very clear about directionally where you want your company to be going and what you want to be known for and stand for. So just a... A reminder to, to take all that into account as we go into a new year.
1: It's my favorite analogy. Cause I used or to script at one time. You
2: could, uh, <laughs> it's, it's great. You could, t- some people have tumble dried, tumble dried in the way.
1: Right. Yeah. You got to pick the right <laughs> wave. I think <laughs> that's like going deeper in the analogy. You can be like, I want the big one in the back. And yeah. then little do you know, like you're going to crash, like it well, goes to a reef so were, and then there'll be pain yeah. and suffering. You, Exactly. Or you get the one that's in the middle that is safe and consistent and just is a nice smooth ride and everyone survives. What are your thoughts on? So, I, I first was thinking like the goals for um, maybe it's because I who, who I interact with, like the middle level marketer, like because they're kind of like they're in control of what they click on, the buttons and things, but they're not necessarily setting the goal, but like their own personal goal. Like, I want to be better, but I also have like, here's my sales I need to do. How do I get better? I think marketers can sometimes be left out of getting better at things because we're just having to support and be service essentially Mm. for the company versus like, I want to hit 50 sales and that'll make me, my income will be X. And that's my goal. I want to make 300,000 as a sales agent, whatever the number is. Marketing is kind of like, just do things to help those people over there, which Uh is our, that's our job. We have to have sales. Otherwise we're not doing our job. Have any thoughts on that? Like, For the middle, middle people.
0: Well, again, the clarity of the goals is to then as a marketer, you have to be able to communicate to other departments, especially the sales department, why you are or are not choosing to do something that's being requested. So again, I feel like this is something I don't hear as much anymore because salespeople more often than not are like, please don't send me anyone else to talk to. I've got enough to keep me busy and hold together right now. But typically sales is continuing to ask for more and more and more in terms of get me more leads, get me more traffic. And and if as a marketer, you can't say, but you're already like 20% over your goal. What do you need more for? And so that's that's your point, I guess, Andrew, would be, well, if that salesperson wants to make X and they're already exceeding their sales goal by 20%. And the company doesn't really want more sales, and and your budget is already stressed or strained, or your time is stretched or strained. You can't just say, again, as a marketer, no, yeah, and then stop. You have to, uh, no, we're not going to do this extra campaign because it doesn't align with the overall goals here, or this metric there, or where, what we're trying to accomplish. And so, if there's this nebulous there, again, we saw it a lot the second half of this year when Traffic slowed down again. It was still way up over 2019 and 2020, Mm -hmm. but it was down in comparison to previous months. Salespeople are antsy and they're like, "Give me more, give me more." Sales leaders are antsy. My team needs more to do. They need more people to talk to. Meanwhile, online sales at times, marketing at times, leadership are like, "We're good here. All's good." But people were looking at all these different goals and and individual goals versus company goals, and it was it's just too confusing. Of, of why are we why are we getting excited about something if ultimately the person who owns the company says thumbs up marketing thumbs up online sales thumbs up sales we're good here then so we we just everyone needs very clear stated goals yep. to be able to have better conversations around all that.
2: I like what you what you say in this article, Kevin, about I mean, it's so important to reverse engineer, especially, you know, if you're considering growing your online sales program, you have to make sure that your funnel is right sized Mm -hmm. and really work backwards from what your sales goals are, how many appointments you need to get there, how many leads you need to get there, because that matters. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, we're going to hire more people if your sales goals don't align with that. So, you know, just make sure you're reverse engineering, like Kevin's talking about and and really figuring out what do I need to support the goals and the leads, you know, that we're producing? Does it make sense? Am I going to be able to pay? Are these people going to be able to make a living off of, you know,
0: and it's an oversimplified example for the purposes of the show. But let's say that your lead volume says that you should hire more online salespeople. So right. the volume of leads we have coming in says, man, we should hire another online salesperson because we're, that person's overwhelmed or there's missed opportunity. Right. But if you have zero availability for appointments for the next two and a half weeks from your sales team, right. then you have to make sure the entire funnel is appropriately right-sized because you might need another onsite salesperson Or you might need to just lower your ad spend and adjust your marketing efforts to to try to get higher and higher quality versus quantity of leads.
2: And the role of the online sales specialist may need to change or be adjusted. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's important to have to have staff up in order to handle the demand from a customer experience perspective. But the expectation needs to be set around what the role is and what your income is going to be from that role when you are limited on appointments and sales. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. So, All right. Yeah. Moving on to article number two, published January fifth by Jen Barkin. Ooh, hey, I mean, oh, uh, hey. what's it called? Uh, but Not, not Can we edit, just change that? It wasn't Buzzkill. edited by by me, but I, I was a contributing author. I don't know what she, she was just like. Yes, hey. I said, That's "Hey,
2: good. read this and and,
0: <laughs> she, and make sure and what awesome. I'm saying
2: makes sense."
0: <laughs> and it was awesome. Uh, but the title of the article is "Coming Soon: Community Playbook for Online Sales Specialists." So it's like a companion okay. piece to "Pre-Sale Without Fail" to give a little bit more context uh, for today's world because uh, it it has shifted from the last time the the book was printed about what they need to be focusing on and doing. So take it away, Jen, give us a quick.
2: Yeah. So listen, wanted to come up with something that was hopefully very as clear as possible for what to do as an online sales specialist when you have a new community. (laughs) I get this all the time. Like there's just so many, and you, you guys do too, of course, on the marketing side, there's so many parts and pieces right? Moving, you know, things are, things are different in every scenario, right? It's not one size fits all, but I hope that when you guys read this, this will give you at least a basic framework that you can work from. So that's why we call it a playbook. It goes through from very beginning, when you get notified that you have a new community coming, what you need to do as the online sales specialist, what you're responsible for, how you manage a list, what you say, uh, timeline, what you do next. And so um, I look forward to hearing feedback from this, you know, as you read through it. Listen, it's it's probably a, an article or a playbook that will morph over time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it already has has a choose
0: your own adventure portion of, are are you going to do an event or not? We just had our final bonus call with the marker proof Academy folks, uh, from the winter class. And one of the questions I asked was how many of you did, uh, virtual or hybrid events around community launches last year. And fewer hands Mm -hmm. went up than you would think because a lot of people, uh, just said, hmm. We didn't really need to do anything. Like we had so many, so much interest, so many yeah, people right. on the list. We just said, okay, start selling. And that was it. So you're even kind of talking about uh yeah. the two directions that could go of if you're having a preview event mm-hmm. or you're just going directly to sale. Right. So yeah, it's it's um it's not overly lengthy, but it's definitely in depth and has some meat to it in terms of things that you can and should be doing that are very tactical yes. things you can take away.
2: One of, one of the big takeaways, and, and we'll move on, is I just want everybody to understand that if you can, as much as possible, have conversations earlier in the process than just putting somebody on a list and not touching it, and then having hope as your strategy for e-blasting, hey, we're open, or hey, I can set an appointment now when you haven't talked to anybody. If you can get away from that <laughs> as much as possible and connect early, scrub early, scrub along the way, keep keep interacting with these folks yep. so that you have a better grasp on what is real and what is not come time for appointments.
1: I like what you um, said, um, Kevin, earlier on the call was we don't need to manufacture as much urgency because it's already there relative to say yeah. 2018, 2019 and, and uh-huh. prior to that time. So it's more just like just... Highlighting what Jen said, it's, it's more that versus create this FOMO and urgency effect. Right. Um, cause people are already like desperate. Like I, i watched yep. the market down here where I'm at just like, all right, what'd be our next move up house? It's, it's terribly awful. And that's, and we're like the densest County in Florida. There's no homes for like, what would be our next home? We're not looking to buy anytime soon, but I'm like, oh my goodness. So if something did pop up, we're watching it's gone in a day. So that urgency is yeah, yeah still in effect. Everyone knows that.
2: And yeah. if you were in and still in a market where it's craziness and you have limited opportunity and you have weightless galore and all of those things, don't be tone deaf. Remember that, you know, you need to have some compassion and empathy when you're talking with people about what you have, what you don't have, what the process is. Um, and just, you know, keep that in mind that buyer fatigue is still is still out there. Yep. Like
0: People are still dealing with that fatigue uh, all around is out there, but just like a Disney cast member at the most magical place on earth, you can't allow that fatigue. You still can't. It's it's not an excuse to say everyone's everyone knows it sucks and it's a hard time to buy and everything else. It's it's not okay to do that. Uh, The other thing I would say too, is if for some reason you say, okay, I agree with what you are all saying that we need to interact with our customers sooner to to learn more about them than we typically would have done in a VIP launch process. Is there anything else we can do because my online team is, is just too far behind the eight ball. And the other recommendation I would, I would do is more surveys
2: more frequently.
0: And if Mm -hmm. you do, we don't have time on the show right now, but if you do those surveys properly and set them up properly, you can mass export responses and mass import them and attach that information to their profile in your CRM. Yes, you can You also use LASSO's self-serve registrant update yes. and other CRMs have something similar, um, but there's also other ways to do it outside of the SSRU that is um, more on-brand, more um, palatable to the consumer. Than, that, that's one thing. that I, I, The tool is very functional that ECI and LASSO has of letting people update their own answers. It's a little clunky on the back end, a little clunky on the front end. The concept is is good and useful. Um, but surveys and letting the customers tell you, uh, as long as yes. you ask the right questions, is also another great opportunity. Absolutely. Definitely. All right, next up from uh, builderonline.com. Two industry experts forecast their predictions for 2022. Zonda's chief economist and NHB's assistant vice president of forecasting and analysis weigh in on the economy, home homebuyers, supply, and prices. So first up, we'll just hit a couple of these, but will there be a recession in 2022? They both say no. Now, this article is dated December 7th of 2021. I would be curious if we ask them again, what their thought is, and then I'll shut up for a second. But the Fed and the rise, I mean, I was shocked today, we were on a call, and I googled 30 year fixed rate for Columbus, Ohio, for a $300,000 home, 20% down, interest rate was 3.7%. It's going up. It's going up. And remember, mm-hmm. uh, Ivy has been talking, Ivy Zelman has been talking about once we get to 4%, there's a whole bunch of people who will say, oh, I kind of like that home, but I've got 3% on my current home. And the price appreciation plus the interest rate means affordability, I don't love it that much. And I can't give up the the rate I have now and
2: That's trade right. that
0: in on top of the the additional price of the house. So mm-hmm. it, we're walking a tight line. A lot of people also believe that interest rates can't get very high because then the US would default on its debt and cause other issues. And so it's all just a head fake. But I think um I would have agreed in December that Recession not likely at all in 2022. I think we have to say it's probably more like a 25 to 30% likelihood of of some form of recession for at least some part of the year. And it might be extremely short and and not ultimately very painful, but um, it's out there. So is inflation going to get worse? Yes and no, says Wolf. Um, yes, for a little while. So everyone kind of says, yes, inflation is coming at all. It's, it's going to continue to, to happen. Uh, interest rates above three and a half. This goes back to what we were talking about. Um, one says no and one says yes. So yeah. <laughs> we are forecasting a little over 3.7. Well, we're already at 3.7. So mm-hmm. I, I think, I guess they're saying by the end of 2022. So do they come back down later in the year? Who knows? I don't know. Any, anything else from this particular article that you guys um, thought
1: is tying in what rentals are and connected with all this? So you either rent or you yeah. buy. I know my market, where I'm at, rentals are insane. And it still makes buying with the higher interest rate, even at four, four point whatever, make, if you have the cash for down payment, still a better option for where I'm at. Now, not every market's in Ellis County or Tampa, Tampa Bay would be more accurate. People know that area name.
2: I didn't see mention of COVID in this article, but I think that is something that we have to, at least this first quarter, Take into consideration too what's going to happen. I mean, I think that's coming back like, you know, more so now than it has been the second half of last year. And I'll be interested to see how that affects what people do. Are they going to yeah. stay put? Are yeah. they still going to move to, you know, out of cities? Like, is that going to, again, be a factor?
1: Yeah. You mean like restrictions influencing yeah. people moving? Because yeah. I know like, like are we going to Florida, Florida, right. we're seeing, so our, our personal impact with like, you'll go, we have Starbucks at every corner where I'm at and you're like, Oh, that one's closed for the day. Just like a handwritten note. And it's right. likely most of the, the, um, the, uh, the people scheduled, like there's too many people that had COVID and they're out for the, the week, right? whatever timeline it is. Um, the on the prices section of this article is really interesting, Will we see double digit price growth for the next year. No and no, um, although some forecasters calling for a 10 to 12% I, price growth.
0: This one also is kind of shocking how fast things can change. But mid-December and late December, and now NHB has published other things saying that a fifteen to $20,000 impact just from lumber price increases again for builders. And we have multiple mm. builders that we've talked to on our calls just this past week who are like, we were taking prices up again, another yeah. fifteen twenty thousand dollars $20,000. If you do wow. the math, that, again, that means like new home prices are already up for those builders by 4% yeah. in the first six days of the new year. So I think whether the price goes up because of appreciation or just cost, it's all going up. And then, and the last one I thought was interesting was, will we see a 40 year mortgage in the next five years? Oh,
1: I saw that one too. Yeah.
0: Uh, again, yes, I don't believe they will be, end up being mainstream, uh, and then, no, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae are unlikely to get on board with this idea. They're already on board with the idea for restructuring loans that are already near default. So they're letting people refinance, essentially, um, who are who are struggling to forty-year mortgages. And I, I promise you, if if for some reason the mortgage industry really struggles for more than sixty days, they're going to come up with a way to sell mortgages, and it's <laughs> and that that'll be on the table again. Yeah. All right, next up, the really last article for today is from CNBC.com. And there's some internal controversy with do you convert folks, I think <laughs> on how this article read, reads, but why all your coworkers who quit are about to come back as boomerang employees is the headline. Your workplace might have have a few more familiar faces as the continued great resignation wave gives rise to the boomerang employee, a former worker who returns to the company after some time away. So, what do we think? Are boomerang's likely to be a big deal? Or is this just hype over, you know, this person needed to write something for the day and, and that's I'm it? A hype.
2: I, I think it's hype. I don't think it's I like I this one. This is,
1: this is my hype. I'm like, this is a pile of garbage. Um, a boomerang employee might also be in the p- position to no- negotiate a higher pay or promotion. After all, top reason why people change jobs is in order to secure higher pay. And going back to an old job provides the same opportunity to ask for more. Psych. Does that seem like insane to say like, captain. I quit, captain, I quit this thing <laughs> and to come back like, I actually want twice as much to come back. I know you guys love me the first time you let me go or I've let myself go and <laughs> you didn't beg me to say,
2: yeah, no, I feel like that's no.
1: maybe I'm being mean. It seems crazy unless you are like a unicorn, but in that you're in control anyways of where you are yeah. and it's not, you're like the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. So, so let's
0: just, let's just put it this way. Would you guys agree or disagree that 2020 and 2021, I'm not talking about from a compensation perspective or how many homes were sold, but do you believe it was a tough period of time mentally, physically, emotionally for people to get through kind of regardless of where they were, who, who they worked for, where they lived physically? Like it was in yes. comparison. Yeah. yeah. Yes.
1: yes. Absolutely. And then the influence based on where you live, I think is big. Yeah. And how you handle.
0: Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. But I also, I I would disagree that even where you live in Florida, in comparison Mm. to Florida in 2018, it was a hard place to live. Well, the
1: people here that are like, um, I don't want to jump into that C word, but like some people like they there was like the extremes where we had the extremes on both ends a all of you in the rest yeah. of Florida like? But you the mere fact that you're
0: uncomfortable about writing. how you're talking about it means that it was uncomfortable. It had to be uncomfortable to well, live. I don't from, want to right? say
1: something that could. I, I realized the. I, I said this earlier. Like everyone has had different experiences with this, they have their own beliefs yeah. and all that, and so I don't want to say something that would. Yeah. Be whatever. Um, right. But yeah, but it was. like yeah, we're like. I remember going to publix the first like week or two after. I'm like, this is weird. Like, do I touch stuff? Do I not touch stuff? But I still went out. Some people are still not going out.
2: Listen, me, everybody, crazy. no matter where you are, where you worked, had some sort of additional mental stressful. strain. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. It, so so I'm, I'm just going with the band of brothers kind of line here is if you're going through any type of additional stressful experience and someone smiles at you and says, see ya. Enjoy that. I'm going to go to I'm going to move to Florida and, and mm-hmm. screw you all in Virginia. I'm out. And then they boomerang and come back and say, but Jen, I'm, I'm back. Just give back. me a 30% raise. And, and like, uh, forget you. No. Right? You yeah, left yeah, me in the I foxhole agree. to die by myself. Yes. I, I yeah. don't yeah. want you back. Yeah. yeah. I think how that's like, how, and how you
1: went to go make more money. And now you want to come back here for what? Like stay at your place where you're at.
0: Yeah. Now, I, again, for the purposes of example, I'm, I'm saying it in an extreme way, but I think generally speaking, Sure. I, I've, I've had people leave, uh, at builders that I've worked with uh, or for and, and run. And I've had people come back as boomerang employees and, and someone in our team actually, uh, Julie said at ideal, it's pretty common for salespeople to leave, think the grass is greener, come back and be fantastic salespeople in the organization and stay there until they retired or, you know, it was, and that was very common for, for sales. Mm-hmm. Um, are different positions. So it's not a never thing, but I think in purposes, of the article saying this is going to be a big trend and companies are going to just be ecstatic for you to come back and, and ask. Yeah. If, they're saying hire an old employee over a new one. Eh, I, I think the
1: theories make sense. Like <laughs> if you knew a great employee and and they left and it was a positive, like it but wasn't again, a negative thing. That,
0: that's what, that's where I think the term, like, that's different than like, did you leave on money? good terms is what you're saying, Andrew? And, Did you leave on good terms right, or circumstance exactly. like hey,
1: my spouse, whoever got a job, we have to move. Now we're moving back. I will love the opportunity to work here again. Yeah.
0: And it's anecdotal, but most of the stories that we heard of people who left home building organizations over the last year and a half, it was no notice was given. Yeah. Uh, a, it wasn't a four a good day situation. notice was oh, yeah. it, that, That's <laughs> what I'm that's where I'm going, Jen, is like I haven't heard of too many. Oh, we totally understood and they were fantastic yeah. working with us through this situation is like Mm. No. See ya. We're gone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you didn't know we yeah. moved to London or wherever? Yeah, you know, it was just like. <laughs> yeah,
1: no. <laughs> We're in Madagascar. There's no internet. I don't know if there's internet <laughs> over there. but <laughs> All right. So, last
0: up from oh, nhbnow.com man. FHFA to impose hefty upfront fees on second home purchases. Mm-hmm. So, in a move strongly opposed by NHB, the Federal Housing Finance Agency today announced increases for upfront fees that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will charge for second home mortgage loans and certain high balance mortgage loans that exceed standard conforming loan limits. These fees will significantly increase the purchase cost of a second home and some homes in high cost areas. So the idea here is we don't want people buying multiple homes. We want to make sure that homes are affordable or the risk associated with having multiple homes, making sure that they're getting fees to to help cover those risks. At the end of the day, it's, it's hard to know the true impact. they're saying um, under the plan announced today, the buyer of a second home with a $300,000 loan amount and loan to value ratio of 65% would pay an additional fee of $4,875 if their mortgage is acquired by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. So first of all, how many second homes purchased are Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac versus I don't know. And
2: And if you already have have the
0: means to have a second home, is a $4,800 fee going to turn you off? So probably not, probably not,
1: but it's still, yeah. Boo. I feel like it's like a little toddler, just grabbing things in the refrigerator from people's pockets. It's like, Oh, we could add this fee just because what else are we going to do?
0: I'm not sure it's terrible, but at the same time I do agree with NHB's take, which is, With a nation in the midst of a housing affordability crisis and many more workers electing to telework, this is exactly the wrong time for federal regulators to be raising fees on home ownership and second homes. Again, I don't feel sorry for anyone really who has a second home.
1: And maybe that's their (laughs) intent. Like they want people, less people purchasing a second home. So people who do are not purchasing. It just seems very European. Like just say that. Yes.
2: Steve Clark says it's horrendous. Holy smokes.
1: Yeah. I still don't like it. Um, (laughs) <laughs> it's just well, it's, it's it's along with like just fees that the government could do because you have to do that.
2: I'm trying to sell my rental property right now. So oh, has this gone right. into effect <laughs> yet?
0: uh No, no, not yet. Do you Somebody come buy my
2: rental property before. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so now, let minds want the to the know, podcast. Jen, why why do you want to sell the rental property instead of just continuing to rent it? She wants that cash. You, don't, you don't have to it. say if you don't want to.
2: It. I'm just over it, honestly. I just yeah. you know don't. Really want to deal with the property management of it anymore? Mm-hmm. It's a hundred-year-old house, really. And And you know, I just I'm trying to simplify. Can you know I mean? can
0: someone from the motorcycle club just set fire to it and collect insurance? <laughs> is that is that they do that? Should we not? We can't, we can't broadcast that part.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a hundred years old, after all. I'm sure the wiring there could I mean, be something. Right, hey, everyone, Jen, Jen just
0: made some <laughs> signal to me that I think means that I'm the next buzzkill. Uh too. Casualty. Squared. Oh man. (laughs) All (laughs) right. For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out dconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, everywhere else we are online. Also, to be added to the show notes, we're all gonna be at the Builder Show. Jen will be there, Andrew will be there, I will be there, Julie Jarnigan will be there, Mike Klein will be there, Sessions Galore. Jessie will be there, too. Jesse will will be there. there. Sales Central educational sessions early master session things with the last for multiple hours so be on the lookout for a blog post detailing all that or just check out com slash events more details we'll see you at the show and if you listen to the podcast and you are a builder and you're a member of the market proof marketing facebook group just be on the lookout for something related to pancakes in that group about a week and a half before the show so you can schedule accordingly
2: Ooh. Sounds good. Teaser, Ooh,
0: sneaky. Exclusive. All right, guys. <laughs> we will see you next week. See, <laughs> see
2: you.